Okay, so here recently, uh, staff, we were together, we were talking, some of us, wasn't all of us together, I don't think, when we were discussing some things, and uh, one of the staff members brought up, and this is the way they termed it, something like this, how fluid our culture has become, or our time has become, that everything is so fluid, okay, so I, I, and I decided, I'm, that's the way I'm going to kick this thing off today, okay, and uh, it's fall. So I'm going to give you a sports analogy. Is that all right with everybody? Sports analogy. Okay, I'm getting some, getting some big handshakes. Okay, so, all right, so anybody tell me who this first guy is? Not him, but the yeah. Anybody know who that is? Jim Brown. Okay, let me tell you something about Jim Brown. One of the, one of the big, amazing things about Jim Brown is he played his entire professional career for that one team. Do you know, anybody know what team that is? Cleveland Browns. So, so Jim Brown will forever be a Cleveland Brown. Uh, just like, next slide, Barry Sanders will forever be a Detroit Lion. Played every single professional snap of his career with the Detroit Lions. Or, or Mike Ditka and Walter Payton. Anybody know who, who they played for? The Bears. Yeah, every single, every play, every game they had, they played that career. Okay, so let's, let's move, move on to some baseball, all right? And uh, so what about Johnny Bench? Anybody know? The Cincinnati Reds. I mean, this, uh, he played every, every single game. That's who he played for in his professional career. Or what about this next guy sliding into home? <laughs> no, no he's the, he is the first African-American to play in the big leagues. Jackie Robinson, and he played every, he didn't get to play many years because he was, you know, he was already professional by the time he actually got into major leagues, and they allowed him into the big major leagues, and he played every, every single game he played for the Brooklyn Dodgers, or, or uh, the Yaz, anybody know who the Yaz is? Carl Yastrzemski, come on, are there not any Boston Red Sox fans in the house today, you know, I, I saw a Boston Red Sox shirt not too long ago. And somebody was wearing one, Boston, Boston Red Sox he is. And then, and then the next slide, you got DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle. Uh, they will forever, in everybody's minds, they will forever be wearing Yankee pinstripes because that's who they play for their entire careers. Let's go to hockey real quick. Mar Mario, Lemieux. Mario Lemieux. Anybody know who, who's he playing for? Tried to pick one that you couldn't quite see unless you really knew. Pittsburgh Penguins. He's a penguin. Always going to be a penguin for all. All of life, all of life. We're always going to remember that's who he is. And uh, then into basketball. I mean, if somebody asked me, name a Celtic, who would you name? Larry Bird. And if you now, if somebody said name a L.A. Laker, you could name several. But <laughs> I would name Magic Johnson because of, I mean, mostly because of how those two guys played each other. Here's the interesting thing about all these people. Okay, is they all played their professional careers for one team. But then what about? LeBron. <laughs> y'all know LeBron? I mean, what's, what's the chuckles for? Come on, that's those of y'all who know, right? Okay, to be fair, he played for four teams. Actually, only played for three because he played for one twice. I mean, that's almost like, you know, being married a bunch of times and getting married to the same person in some of those times over and over, right? I mean, it's like he went and came back. It's kind of, my, kind of my whole point. And LeBron took a lot of flack for that. Why? Because we want our heroes, you know, to not 
be so wishy-washy, right? We want our heroes to be our heroes. And that's when I grew up, man, Bart Starr, Joe Dave, I mean, that's, that's who they were. You know, they, they, they played for that one team, and they played, you know, and you could count on them to be there. You weren't worried about them about them uh, begging for more money and, and getting traded and all of that. Antonio Brown, boy, that yesterday couldn't, couldn't walk by a TV without something about Antonio Brown yesterday. And I know I'm only talking to football fans right now, so i gotta, I got to quit this and move on, okay? And, you know, it's not just them, though. That's their jobs, okay? That, that was their careers. We do it. Go back two or three decades, and what do you find? You find people who work the same place for all of their careers. Today, you may have people in the same career, but you find very few people who work for the same company all of their life. We just, we just don't do it anymore. My best friend. Ask me who my best friend is. You know what I'm going to say? You're going to have to narrow it down a little bit. <laughs> Give me a decade or something. Because literally, I can name you a best friend from elementary school, a best friend from middle school, a best friend from high school. I can name you a best friend from, from the early part of my ministry. and I can name you probably the best friend of all of my ministry. You know, our friendships and relationships change. They're very, what's the word? Fluid. Very fluid. Uh, you know, things like technology. When I was, I was kind of looking through something, trying to trying to come up with more ideas of this. I found a great YouTube video. You need to go search, search it. Just, just Google 1994, The Today Show, What is the Internet? And you will find some very intelligent people who are supposed to be sharing the news with us, right? They're supposed to know this kind of stuff, and they actually ask, what is the Internet? They ask, now, okay, that was 25 years ago, but, you know, so, but that's one of the points that, you know, that I'm trying to make here. And, and that now today, I mean, we don't really use the term the Internet. I mean, that's what it is, but we don't talk about it because it's just a part of life now, right? I mean, we don't talk about breathing a whole lot, you know, unless we get sick, you know. We don't just say, man, I just took 20 breaths. We don't talk about that. Like We don't say, hey, I just got off the Internet. We don't say that because it's part of life now. Medicine, you know, how, how medicine is, uh, had just, has just so, so much changed and, and it's just rapidly. Tra travel, the way we travel, it changes. So, I mean, if you've been in a new car, and we don't have a new car, really, 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 really new car. We don't have a new car uh, uh, because, you know, all of them right now, you know, they're really close to the Jetsons, really close, you know, really, really getting there almost. So I'm just waiting until they fly, and then I'm going to go get that new car, right? Uh, because we're getting really close to all that. I mean, travel and all that kind of stuff changes. Uh, medicine, technology, truth changes. No, wait a minute. Truth does not change. Here's my whole point of you know, seven minutes that I've spent probably talking about this is the fluidity of our society and our culture. I want you to understand this. Truth does not change. Facts change. Information changes. Data changes. Uh, you know, and, and, oh, here, here's another one also. It's like uh, when, when I hear people talking about truth changing and how they try to prove it, one of the ways they do that is like for me to say right now, in the case of emergency, there are exit doors on the right. Okay, now for me, that's correct, right? That's truth for me, but for you, that's not truth because y'all look over, there's not an exit door over on your right, is there? That's not, that's not truth. That's not what truth is. That's perspective. Perspective changes. Now I could say with you, they're on the left. That's perspective. Data changes. That horse weighs 350 pounds. You know, little horse, but that horse weighs 350 pounds. You know what? After it has its lunch, it's going to weigh a little bit more. That's not truth. That's, that's data. That's stats. 
All that stuff changes, but truth does not change. You know, the fact of a, the truth of, of, how, <coughs> of how gravity impacts and how important it is for us to know that. And here's, here's, here's what we've got to do is we must be careful to not allow the fluidity of our times to influence our understanding of who Jesus is or our relationship with him. If we get too comfortable with how fluid and how much things change, if we get too comfortable with that, we're going to allow that to impact everything else in our life as well. We'll allow it to impact our relationships, our marriages. We'll allow it to impact, impact our finances. We will allow it to impact our faith. We will allow it to even impact who Christ is. I mean, I mean there are people who, who, who honestly believe that Jesus Christ is something different for them than it is for everybody else. You know, and, and we can't allow our, comf- our comfort with fluidity to influence how we see Jesus. So, beginning this sermon series, here's the first thing I want you, I want you to get is you need, you need to decide, you need to decide how it is. You need to, de- you need to decide what it is. You need to decide what it is that you believe about Jesus and who Jesus is. You, and you need to settle that. You need to, you need to do whatever it is that, to understand and settle this in your mind so that the, so that the fluidity of you know, all the stuff going on around us and all the changes happening and all the people saying this and that about who Jesus is, that it doesn't change because you already know what you believe about who Jesus is. You need to settle that. Okay, and so... Um, a few ways we want to help you do that is small groups. Small groups can help you get more into the, I mean, we're kicking the small groups off today right here at the beginning of this sermon series about rediscovering Jesus. What, a, what an awesome moment, an awesome opportunity to do that. Let me give you another way we're going we're gonna to help you do that. We don't want to just tell you. We want to help you do that. So give me that next slide while, I, while I'm talking about that. Tommy. Is, uh, I think it's, yes. Is, uh, is if you've got questions, and after this sermon, I'm going to tell you three things. Right? That's what the rest of this message is about. We've got the introduction now. I'm going to tell you three things you need to know, and you can know about Jesus, okay? Three things you can know about him. But if you've still got questions, uh, if I didn't fully answer your questions, I want you to text me a question right there, 476-2911. All you got to remember is 476, right? You can remember the 2911, because that's the name of the church, right? Okay, so just remember 476 29 anytime you get a question tomorrow ask us okay in a couple of weeks I'm going to do a sermon series and I want to answer I mean I'm going to do a sermon and I want to answer some of the actual questions that are texted in even right now maybe or later this week or the next couple of weeks okay so just ask us a question we want to know that all right so so where do we go here three things three things I want to, I want to share with you and here's the first one about Jesus okay is that you go ahead and bring that up so I'll make sure I get those four things the three things Jesus is not moody Thank God. Y'all know any moody people? Y'all, y'all know moody? Wouldn't you hate to have a moody God? Wouldn't you hate to have a God who is, you got to wake up every morning and say, how you feel today, God? Right? Come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You know, I, wouldn't it be horrible? He's not moody. He's not fickle. Thank God that Jesus is not a Tennessee fan. Im- imagine. I mean, he's sitting up here pouting. We're trying to worship him today. And he's pouting because they're 0-2. Blew a big lead yesterday. You know, thank God. Come on, think about it. Thank God Jesus isn't fickle. He's not moody. He's not fickle. He's not, he's not impulsive. 
He didn't decide today, oh, I think I'm going to do something else. No, he already knew. He knew what was going to happen today, and he's already got that plan for you. The plan for your life, the dream that he is dreaming, and all of those things. Okay, now listen, about this Bible thing. Now, here's the thing about the Bible, is you can choose whether to believe what it claims or not. But here's the thing that, that, that you've got to start with, is the Bible is who Jesus says he is. Okay, and understand it this way. You can, and you can still understand that the Bible says, the Bible is who Jesus says he is, but disagree with who he says he is. Okay, like this. If I were to write an article this afternoon, post it online, and I were to tell you that I was the long-lost heir of the, king, of the Danish kingdom, you know, I'm an heir to the throne of the Danish kingdom, you know, and, and I post that, okay, you guys see that. First of all, y'all are going to think at first that somebody hacked me, right, <laughs> or whatever. But if you realize, oh, no, no, the pastor really wrote that, okay, so that article is mine, okay, so that's incontrovertible. But now, what I say in the article is still up maybe for debate. That's, that's what I'm talking about here with the Bible. It is incontrovertible that, that the Bible is who Jesus says he is, specifically the New Testament. Then you have to decide what you're going to do with that information. This is who he says he is. And if he says he's an astronaut 2,000 years ago, you know, we might have a little problem with that. But he says he's the son of God. And I didn't say that. Nobody else says that. His word says he is the son of God, and we all have to decide how we deal with and handle that. So that means, as it's been said many times before, he is either a lunatic, delusional, or he is exactly who he says he is. And, and this is what, so the Bible, it's, it's, not, that, it's not that the Bible might be, might be a work of fiction. No, the Bible is who Jesus, when he lived on this earth, that's incontrovertible, he lived on this earth, and he spoke these words, and he taught these words. The Bible is who Jesus says he is, specifically the New Testament, okay? It is who he says he is. And now you have to deal with whether you believe he is who he says he is. That's what you have to believe. And this is, what, this is one of the things about Jesus, is Hebrews 13, 8, that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is not moody. He is not impulsive. He is not fickle. Thank God. You know, I've said this before, like, thank God for gravity, right? When you go outside, you know where you can find your car because gravity's holding it where it was. It's not going to be floating around somewhere. Thank God for stuff like that, right? I mean, a lot of people say, oh, I love change. Yeah, until you can't find your car because it's floating, right? And then the same thing, oh, I love change. Yeah, until you don't know if God's going to listen to you today or not. But he says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. My ears are attentive to you. You are the apple of my eye. I, I inhabit the praises of my people. He's always there. We can count on him. Thank God that's the kind of God we have. Now, you, you may still say, well, I don't know that. I believe that. That's who he says he is. He says, I am there for you every single day. So whether you've embraced that or not, that's who he says he is and what he wants to do for you. Okay, now, but here, here's the second thing. Here's the second thing I want to tell you about Jesus is that Jesus is the reason we have grace. Okay, now, you and I need grace, but Jesus is the reason it got here. And there's, there's scripture right there that just absolutely says it. Scripture, and this is who Jesus says he is. The law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus. We have grace today because of Jesus. Now, a lot of people... Uh, 
casting doubt on the Bible and talk about contradictions in the Bible and those kind. I want to address a little bit of that right here. Okay, is that all right? Yeah, you, you guys, is that all right, y'all? Y'all like to me to address a little bit of that contradiction? Let me show you just a little bit of it and why it comes so much into a lot of discussions, specifically from people who are looking for a reason to not believe. You know, because if you're looking for something, you look long enough, you'll find it. You know, make it up if you can't find it, right? I mean, that's, that's kind of what we do. So let me take you. Let me take you, first of all, to the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, there are a lot of rules that you and I look at and say, really? Right? You know what I'm talking about? Like, here's one. They couldn't eat a, there were a whole lot of foods they couldn't eat. Here's just a few of them. Don't eat pork. They couldn't eat pork, alligator, frog legs, catfish, shrimp. Oysters, etc., etc. Basically, God said in the Old Testament, no redneck barbecues. Right? I mean, look at that. <laughs> right? I mean, what, what are we going to eat? You know, <laughs> we can't have all that. What are we, what are we going to put on the barbie? You know, what are we going to be able to eat? Okay? All right. Here's something else that you may have heard from the Old Testament an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a wound for a wound, etc. All right. So, 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 so what does what, what God what is God telling them here? <clears throat> okay, this is, this is, in the Old Testament, this was a time that was very barbaric, okay? Um, people lived, there was no, oh, I mean, there was no United Nations. People didn't have a cell phone, they could dial 911 and expect to see a policeman or a fireman or a, a, an ambulance in a few minutes. There was not an Alexander Shinara billboard on every single street corner and in every commercial break between every, every uh, TV show that you had because there were no TV shows, right? People didn't have those things at their disposal. So if you broke somebody's something, you had to buy them another one or give them yours. If you, if you injured their animal that they worked with to make a living, you either had to swap yours or somehow make it good. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a wound for a wound. You know, you hurt, you hurt somebody, you get hurt. I mean, that's where we get this. It's an eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, wound for wound, etc. It's those things. It was a very barbaric. They, they didn't have policemen everywhere. They, they couldn't do that, so they just had to have. And, and you know, sometimes you say, well, that sounds fair. Who wants fair? I don't want fair. We're, we're thinking about grace here still right now. I don't want fair. How many of you want what you deserve? How many of you want to receive what you deserve? Now, not, not, not what you think you deserve, but what everybody around you thinks you deserve. <laughs> that might be a better way to ask. I don't want fair. Thank God we don't get fair. We get grace. So we got, I don't get ahead of myself right here. Here's, here's the last thing. Three little things from the Old Testament. Here's, here's the last one. Is God told them, he told the Jews in the Old Testament, don't marry anybody that isn't a Jew. Don't let your, your kids, there you said this is from the scripture, don't, don't let your kids who are Jews marry outside of the Jewish faith because they will lead your children away from me. Okay, that's why the Old Testament says no intermarrying. Okay? All right? But things have changed. Now we're in the New Testament. You know what happens in the New Testament? Well, in, in the book of Acts, Simon Peter has a vision one day. God shows him something. He shows him a bunch of unclean animals, maybe some alligator and frog legs, and I, I don't know, but he's so, and, and he, says, he says, Simon Peter, Kill these animals and eat them. And he's in a vision. He said, no, Lord, I can't do that because these are unclean. And God says, what I've called clean, you shouldn't call unclean. What I have changed to be clean, what I've made clean. Now, now, now God is, is setting him up for something else. God is going to tell him something else. But the example he uses is the food. 
As if he's saying, I've also made that clean. That, that was for a time, Simon Peter. Things are changing today. Okay, and, and, and then, then also uh, uh, in Matthew chapter 18, Simon Peter comes to Jesus one day. And, and you know, now you've got to think about this. Simon Peter was raised to hear an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a wound for a wound. He was raised to hear that all of his life. Now Jesus shows up, and he's talking about all this forgiveness stuff. And he says, okay, Jesus, well, when's that eye for eye, tooth for uh, I'm paraphrasing a lot right here what Simon Peter's saying, okay, just so you kind of get it also as well. I, what about all that eye for eye, tooth for tooth stuff, and you're telling me to forgive? So, so how many times do I, do I forgive them seven times, and then it's an eye for an eye? And Jesus said, no, 70 times seven. Now, what Jesus was doing, he wasn't t- saying, so keep an account, and you can forgive everybody 490 times. On the 491st time, if they mess with you, you just hit them. You just take, whatever, take them out, whatever you got to do. That, that's not what Jesus was saying. He was saying it's unlimited. You forgive, and you forgive, and you forgive. He, he's saying seven, seven is the perfect, perfect number or the complete number. So 70 times seven is completion times 10 times completion. It's, it's, it's eternal. He said, that, that's what Jesus said. Uh, and here's the last one is, is in Colossians chapter 3, verse 11. And, and all these scriptures, if you want to find them, they're, uh, they're on the Connect page in the sermon notes that Kyle was talking about just a few moments ago. But, but okay, we, we had this time back in the Old Testament where didn't have churches, didn't have a Bible that people could just grab and read, didn't have times to really pull families together, had all these people. And, and God said, you've got to keep yourself separate because they're going to lead them astray. But now... It's not one people following God. And so Jesus, Jesus has now led us to this place where Christianity, in Christianity, there is neither Jew, there is neither Greek. What he's saying is there are no Jews and no non-Jews. There are no Jews and Gentiles. A Gentile just means a non-Jew. There are no. In Christianity, there's, no, there's, there's not, a, not that anymore. Okay, so, so all of these three things here, and they're changed in the New Testament. So that's kind of say, well, the Bible contradicts itself. No, no, it doesn't. It was, there was a, a rule for this time. Now there's a different rule. What changed? What changed? There is an event that happened at the beginning of the New Testament. You know what that was? Jesus came. That's, that's what changed. That's where grace came from. There was law I mean, the Old Testament law that came through Moses, and we read that scripture to, uh, verse just a few moments ago. There, it was just law. You got to do it this way, eye for an eye. You know, and you, you can't eat this and you can't eat that. Y'all don't have refrigerators out here in the wilderness. Y'all going to die, y'all eat all this stuff. So you can't eat all that kind of stuff. You got to do and there were, there were rules for that. But now Jesus came. And so now it's not an eye for an eye. It's, it's forgive and forgive. Why? Because I want to be forgiven. I mean, I'm, I'm sowing forgiveness because I want to receive forgiveness. Not a little bit. I don't want you to forgive me a few times. Come on, have you ever counted up? Have you ever thought about it? We're all above 490 times failing God, don't you think? Don't you think? And if I've gotten more than 490, give somebody else 490 above. I'm sowing that. And so all of this, so what changed? Jesus changed. Let me show it to you a little bit more, just in, in some of his kind of everyday events. The next, next slide right here is uh, in John chapter 8, of, of one, uh, John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. Now, this is verse 11, but so 1 through 11. When a woman was called in adultery, some religious folks, some guys, some men, religious men, they found this woman in adultery. I, I, I've always kind of heard this also. said, well, wait a minute, if she was committing adultery, there should have been a guy there too, right? Why didn't they bring the guy? 
Okay, well, well there, was another, there was something else going on, wasn't there, right? And so they found this woman in adultery, and so they bring her to Jesus, and they say, hey, that Old Testament law, you know, I've in that Old Testament law, adultery was a capital offense. You don't know what that means? You could be put to death for it. Okay, in their laws, you could be put to death for committing adultery. And so they bring her to Jesus, and they, lay, they set her right there and say, this is what Moses' law says, what do you say? You know what Jesus, there's what Jesus said. Uh, he says, I don't condemn you either. Go home, and from now on, don't sin anymore. That's what changed when Jesus showed up. A capital offense now became forgivable. A capital offense now becomes, now becomes something that, God, that Jesus Christ commutes because of grace. That there's, there's a story in uh, John chapter 4, and in the last couple of months, you've heard it mentioned at least three times on Sunday mornings. I know David mentioned it. I've mentioned it a couple of times. And, and uh, this woman at the well... This story about the woman at the well, and so that's why I called her famous, because you've heard about her so much. And we don't know her name, but you know what we know about her? We know she was a Samaritan. Jesus spent an afternoon with a Samaritan woman. Now, first of all, he wasn't supposed to spend time with a woman like that. And definitely wasn't supposed to spend time with a Samaritan woman. You know what the Jews called them, looked at them as? They were half-breeds. They were part Jew, they were part Gentile. And Jews weren't supposed to marry Gentiles. So, man, they didn't even want to be around. I mean, it's almost like a Gentile was better than a half-breed. Some even called them mongrels. That's how they looked at the Samaritans. And what did Jesus do? He spent an afternoon with a woman telling her about how she could also have this river of water of life that would flow freely out of her. Or when, when Jesus wanted to tell us what a neighbor was really like, he made, he made up this story that you and I call the Good Samaritan. That, Jesus wanted to create a hero, and he made him a Samaritan, a mongrel, remember? A half-breed, somebody that the Jews would like. He, he could have made him a priest. He could have made him a Levite, you know, someone who ministers around the temple. But, you know, they were in the story, but they weren't the heroes. Jesus chose to make the one that was rejected the hero. Or, or in Luke, there's chapter 19, chapter 15, chapter 5, on and on and on, we find Jesus eating with sinners. Sinners? It's really, really funny because uh, one that he's eating with is a tax collector. You know, and he's not just, they don't just look at him as a sinner, the, the religious folk of the day. They don't just look at him as a sinner. They look at him. They look at him. I mean, he, he's worse than just, just a sinner. He's not just, he's not just breaking God's law. He's breaking God's law. He's cheating everybody else. You know, and they can't imagine that Jesus is going to eat with, and yet he does. And you know why he does? If you go and look at that chapter 5, verse 32 right there, you'll see why he does. He says, because it's not the healthy that need a doctor. It's the sick that need a doctor. It's not the righteous that need grace. It's the sinner. It's the unrighteous. It's those who have failed. It's those who have fallen. It's those who have made mistakes. They need grace. So let me give you this last one real quick. Here's the third thing you need to know about Jesus, is that Jesus loves everybody. Last week we talked about, when we had the kids down front, if you weren't here, had a great time. Enjoy, I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed the challenge of keeping them engaged, and some of y'all know exactly what I meant if you were here. And we talked about how Jesus loved kids. He loves all kids. He loved everybody. There was not anybody Jesus didn't love. He didn't love everybody. But here's the thing, the only people Jesus seemed to have issues with are probably the same people you have issues with. Right? Hypocrites. 
Hypocrite. Man, I can't understand hypocrisy. Somebody who tells everybody what they ought to do, yet they don't realize what they're doing. You know, I mean, some of y'all need to go just check your Facebook page posts every once in a while and just say, wait a minute, am, am I stepping on my own toes and I'm just not failing to connect the dots? Ask somebody that you post at on Facebook and they'll, tell you, they'll help you connect the dots, right? Maybe you don't want to ask them today, do you? But ask them and you'll see. You'll know, hypocrites, profiteers, price gouging. You know what price gouging is, don't you? Around hurricanes and things like that where the prices go up. They're the same thing. Jesus gets to the temple one day, and all the people who had come to the temple, they got there, and some of them didn't have, didn't have animals that they could sacrifice because that's what they had to do also in the Old Testament. And so you know what they were doing? The guys who had animals, they were jacking up the prices. Now, you can sell this animal for X amount of dollars down the road here, but if you're selling it right here and somebody's got to have it the last minute, you can get three, four times the price. That's what they were doing. Jesus didn't like that. I don't like that either. You got problems with people like that? Jesus did too. You know, where people want to charge you a different price because of whatever, or, or, or bullies. Yeah, Jesus dealt with bullies as well. As a matter of fact, one of the stories, and, and uh, it's right there, one of those stories is the woman who was caught in the act of adultery. Those bullies brought her. So what are you going to do about it, Jesus? We want to stone her. We want to kill her because she's bad. She's evil. Jesus turned it back on them. Jesus loved everybody. And the only people he had trouble with are the same people you and I have trouble with. That's who Jesus is. He's the same. You can count on him every single day. He is the reason we're not dead today, that we have grace. So when, when, you, begin to, when you begin to think and you begin to hear people talk about how, how the Bible's contradictory or how the Bible is mean spirit or what, no, 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 no. Jesus is the reason there is grace in this world today. He is the reason. And he loves everybody, including you. You've been listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a prayer need, our prayer team and staff would love to pray with you. You can send us your prayer request by using the email address prayer at church2911.com. If you would like to know more about our church, including information about our weekly services, please check out church2911.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.